Hello everyone and uh, welcome to Making Leader Move. I know last week we talked about uh, our last episode being our last episode, but Yomari and I had an amazing connection. She has a resonating story. And so, you know what? Why not have a bonus episode? So we are bringing Yomari in, also known as Yomo, also known as Hair Las Bonita, in for the bonus episode that we are airing today and right now. Just to give you a synopsis of who Yomari is, uh, she is a dedicated professional with 20 years of experience in higher education. She has a passion for creating opportunities for students to explore the world, broaden their perspectives, and develop valuable skills for their future careers. In addition for her work and study abroad, she is also a female hair loss empowerment coach and advocate committed to helping women who are struggling with hair loss to regain their confidence, inner beauty, and power. Amiga, that's a big cup to fill and one that is definitely necessary needed. Um, her journey as a coach began after 17 years of um, alcohol addiction, during which she hit many rock bottoms and she knew she needed to make a change. Three years of therapy, inner work, and commitment to her sobriety, celebrating four years this past June 28th. Woo-hoo! Receiving your flowers, girl. Uh, she is able to not only heal and transform her own life, but find a passion for helping other women do the same. Now, as someone who has also struggled with hair loss for a decade due to androgenic alopecia, she is dedicated to using her experience and training as a coach to help navigate this challenging journey and emerge stronger, more resilient, and more confident than ever before. Yomari, thank you, uh, and welcome to Making Leader Moves. I'm so excited to have you on the show. I know I spilled the tea about who you are professionally as well as a bit personally, but I'm really, really excited to uh, deep dive into your journey and your experiences and walk us through that. So when, so starting off with question one, um, how did you become aware that you had alopecia? Um, and also how does one get alopecia? Yeah, well, first of all, muchisimas gracias for having me on your podcast. It's truly a privilege and an honor to share space with you and your amazing community. Um, also, Amiga, thank you so much for any everything that you do to elevate our community like i i see you and i appreciate you so much so i wanted to firstly give you your flowers so muchas gracias oh thank you <laughs> you're welcome so as far as alopecia goes to be honest a lot of people don't you know exactly know what that means and so right. Alopecia essentially is a medical term for hair loss, and it can happen um, in various forms and for different reasons. So I'm just going to share a few examples. Um, so there's alopecia areata. And so this is where uh, your hair falls out in small patches. Mm. And this type is often uh, linked to autoimmune response, where the body mistakenly attacks its own hair follicles. Um, then there's uh, androgenic alopecia, which is what I was diagnosed with. And this is common, uh, this type is commonly known as male or female uh, pattern baldness. And it's usually related to genetic and hormonal factors. So there's like diffuse hair thinning all over. I mean, right now you can't tell because I'm wearing a peluca. Just thought I'd wear her today. Which looks fabulous, um, by the way. Thank you, Reina. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, so another form is telogen effluvium. So this one is often associated um, with stress or trauma. So 
that one also has hair thinning that occurs all over the scalp. And these are just to name a few. There are plenty of others. And so each has its own um, characteristics and reasons for curing. Um, while some are linked to autoimmune reactions, right? Mm -hmm. Others may be due to genetic predisposition, hormonal changes, or even certain medical treatments like chemotherapy. Um, It's a Mm -hmm. common that not only, you know, varies greatly in how it presents itself, but also in how it impacts the individuals, both physically and emotionally. Yes. So one thing to really note is that alopecia does not discriminate, right? It affects everyone, like it doesn't matter their age, it doesn't matter their ethnicity. Um, And just to also put things into perspective, I just want to share a couple of stats about hair loss that I wish I would have known from the beginning, ever since like I was a child, um, understanding how common hair loss is. So for example, by age 40, approximately um, 40% of women will experience visible hair loss. Did you know that? I had no idea. Yeah, that's crazy. So another one is 30 million, 30 million women in the U.S. face female pattern hair loss. That's what I have. So I'm one of 30 million women in the United States. And again, thank you so much for having me here. Thank you for the opportunity to talk about something that we don't talk about, especially in our community. Um, I was going to say, I mean, that's a big number. If you look at the huge metropolitan area, right, um, mm-hmm. that's that's still... I believe like, um, I forgot what the capacity is, or I'm sorry, like the population is here in Chicago, but I, but like, that's a big chunk of women. Um, it's, it's almost as, as big as a major city, if not, if not bigger. Yeah. Yeah. And that is in just in the United States alone. And this alone. one specific type of alopecia. Yeah. Um, nearly 6.7 million people in the United States and about 160 million worldwide have alopecia areata or have had it or will have it. So yeah, it's, it's pretty common. And so with this journey for me as a Latina, you know, in our culture, our hair is often a big part of our identity, right? So it symbolizes femininity and beauty in so many ways. I mean, we watch, right. All these like pageants, which I have my own <laughs> opinions on. Oh, you, you know, have the expectation to look a certain way, be a certain way, act a certain way. So you can imagine my surprise and my distress went back in. For me, it was it started in 2013, two okay. years after uh, a really challenging time in my life, my divorce. I started noticing that my hair was thinning. And initially, my doctor said that it would be something that, you know, because of the distress of my divorce, that you know, my hair would grow back, right? Tillage and effluvium, it, it eventually grows back. But you know what? Life had other plans. Mm. So as the years went by, my hair kept thinning and thinning and thinning. Fast forward to 2019, um, it was clear that my hair was not going to grow back. I remember mm. looking at a photo, um, like it, I think it was like November of 2019, comparing it to a photo that I took around the same time last year and noticing a huge difference. You know, I think like right. sometimes it's different for us when we look at ourselves in the mirror versus looking at a picture. I find that sometimes, at least with my hair loss journey, that it looks worse on a picture. It's just like a big reality check that you can't, you know, you can't hide. A photo does not lie. Yes. So that was, you know, that was really tough, right? Um, in 2019, I went and I, and I saw another dermatologist and it's just really rough um, considering, you know, just how we as Latinas view our hair. Um, I had to face this reality that really went against everything that I grew up believing about beauty and femininity. Mm. Um, Challenging yeah, it in every way. 
Yeah. So it was really tough. The journey uh, has come with a lot of pain, a lot of suffering, so many tears. But the one thing that this journey has taught me was that I've, I'm definitely, number one, I can do hard things. <laughs> um, and also it's truly about redefining beauty standards, right? Mm. Like unsubscribing to that BS because at the end of the day, there's how many billion, 8 billion people on this planet? I believe that that's how many beauty standards exist. There's literally a beauty standard for every person on this planet from now and forever. So redefining what beauty, you know, means to me, that one was very helpful. Um, and then also just alongside my hair loss journey, there was another pivotal, pivotal um, aspect of my life that really played a huge role in navigating um, my, my, my hair loss. And it's my sobriety. I know that you mentioned alcohol uh, addiction. I just want to make it clear that's alcohol abuse, which oh, are two different things. Yeah, no, no worries. Yeah, and this um, is like a great opportunity, like a great learning opportunity. If you can walk us through the difference, um, because absolutely. I myself was not aware of the difference um, or yeah. that there even was alcohol abuse and then the addiction part, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you for that for that opportunity. So addiction is when um, your body like literally craves it, right? You've drank so much for over a period of time that your body is like craving alcohol. Mm -hmm. And with alcohol abuse is basically that that you're abusing alcohol. There's a lot for me, a lot of binge drinking and mm -hmm. basically like more than like four or five drinks a night. That mm -hmm. was, you know, normal for me, the days that I drank. So I just want to make sure that I that I pointed that out. Um, but yeah, my sobriety journey definitely has given me a lot of clarity and strength that I didn't even know I had. It's led mm -hmm. me to the deepest uh, depth of self-love I ever knew, even knew imagine, Amiga. Like, honestly, sometimes I think about it and I just get so overwhelmed to the point where I just like, I want to cry and tears of joy. Every day I'm so thankful for this because I can't even imagine navigating alopecia, hair loss while not, you know, just still drinking. Right. So yeah, it helped me, you know, sobriety helped me cope with the physical challenge or changes of alopecia. It helped me approach just the situation with a clear mind and a strong spirit. And also just reminded me uh, that every challenge in life is an opportunity for growth and just to learn about ourselves. I've, I've learned so much and I continue to learn about what makes me happy, what makes me just thrive and shine. And, and through this clarity, through this journey, I, it led me to create Hair Loss Bonita. Um, <laughs> so as you know, it's a brand and a movement that's dedicated to helping women living with hair loss. Um, reclaiming their confidence and igniting that inner chingona, like that inner badass that lives that. within us. Yeah. And so that they can thrive in everyday life because for so long, I felt like alopecia took so much from me and I could have taken more if I didn't make that decision to love and accept myself, you know? So now I get to create a community yeah. to help women, especially Latinas and women of color, because when I first started this journey, I did not see other Latinas talking about yeah. this. And I'm thinking like, I'm one of 30 million. Like, I know I'm not the only Latina that's experiencing right. this. So representation was one of the reasons. And plus, I like to just be able to use my voice to shine light on something that we don't talk about. And we should, because how are we going to break the stigma if we don't talk about it?
So right. I know that's kind of like a long answer to your <laughs> question. Yeah, I yeah. Have a lot of question, questions question, question one, and all the gems have been dropped. No, just kidding. There's so many more. <laughs> there's so many more. No, and I just want to, you know, there's a few points that I want to make in that response. One is having the courage and bravery to go through this challenge that challenges your Latina identity and every which way of the word, right? Including the beauty standards, um, including including what the minimum standard of the hair and the beautiful, luxurious hair and, and doing it sober, you know, um, it's it's very it's very easy to numb away our challenges and our pains or escapism it's it's almost like a form of escapism right and it and it doesn't have to just be alcohol alcohol it can be other vicios and the fact that you did it and you did it taking all of that emotion in um i commend you for that because not a lot of people would do that i'm i don't know if i would have been able to do that so that's a very like when you when you were saying like i get overwhelmed and I just want to cry of joy. Girl, you should shit. <laughs> like, absolutely. You. you come such a far way. And that's that's that takes bravery and that takes courage and that takes strength. And that's resilience, even amongst amongst that, you know, chapter in your life with resiliency of continuing to do this um, without being influenced with different types of escapism and vices. Uh, you should celebrate, um, should be celebrating yourself and all of those wins, you know, and I don't think we look back, um, shout out to Angelie from Manifest House for doing this one year, actually last year, we were closing out chapter 2022 and going into 2023. And she had us do this meditation where you just went inside of yourself and did like this journaling prompt of like, how far have I come? And I started crying because I didn't realize like how in the thick of it I was in January um, 2022 and then leading or yeah and then that whole year of 2022 so like if you were to do something like that of like man how far have I come girl the novel would be beyond tear jerking for sure <laughs> um, but it's also like you were saying like just so rewarding so I strongly suggest you know please to anyone like do that do like a journal prompt for yourself you know how far have I come whether it's this year, whether it's this season, you know, et cetera. Um, going back to your journey, you had mentioned that you had seen a physician and then you switched to physician. How were those visits? Were they challenging? Were they rewarding? You know, was it, were you like, okay, like, donde esta la cura? Like, okay, I've got the diagnosis, donde esta la cura? And then, you know, a lot of us that have chronic conditions are like, here's how you can maintain it, but there's really no no hay cura, there is no cure for it. Um, how did you navigate these, these doctor and these physician visits? Yeah, I, so when I went back to see a dermatologist in 2019, um, I kind of prepared myself for that visit. I did, you know, um, kind of like did a lot of Google, kind of went down the rabbit hole. But for me, it was to sort of prepare myself for the the visit and 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 have in mind what are some potential things that you know the dermatologist would tell me that was my hair loss situation right. because in doing my research I'm like it all led to androgenic alopecia mm -hmm. and at that time I was following um, some women in the hair loss community like social media and just seeing their hair loss like seeing them look 
basically like me, like I'll, I'll show you. So of course I'm wearing the fabulous um, wig, but one thing about me is that I also not only, you know, encourage women if they want to wear the hair, wear alternative hair. If you want to rock your thinning hair like mine or your baldness, like do you, everything is absolutely beautiful. Mm -hmm. So connecting with other women that had basically their hair like mine was very helpful. So mm -hmm. when I saw the dermatologist um, and he basically like did a, you know, uh, examination of, of my scalp and, and, and basically said um, that it's on what he was seeing hinted at androgenic alopecia. Later on, I was officially diagnosed, like meaning I got a um, biopsy and it, I, it was an official diagnosis. But okay. when a doctor said that, regardless of me doing my research, I felt like I was sucker punched, to be honest. Like the room just seemed like to close on me. I just, no say, like you kind of wanted an answer, but then when you got it kind of thing, it's like, oh shit, this yeah. is where I'm at. And I just had no idea. Honestly, like I didn't even know how I was going to live with hair loss, yeah. to be honest with you. So my thoughts like spiraled out of control. Um, I wondered if my partner would still find me attractive. I wondered if my family would be embarrassed to be seen, you know, with me, wondering if my modeling and acting career would end. So Ooh. just, I felt really helpless. I helped, right. I, I felt alone because no one in my life was experiencing hair loss. Like there's no one that I could really talk to. So for and me, it's not brought I, out in social media again, because of the beauty standards, right? Like yeah. there is no where do you go? No one talks about it. You don't see it. There's no frame of reference. So of course, of course, the loss, the feeling of lost is only natural. And then even then you're like, should I even feel lost? Like, a lo mejor debería de estar agradecida que no es algo, you know, más, más elevado, right? Like, I should yeah. be thankful that it's just this and not something more severe. Um, yeah. like, like, we tend to do that to ourselves. It's like, no, 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 no go ahead and soak up this L you're allowed to be in the trenches in this loss and mm -hmm. grieve it because it's another sense of grief. Absolutely. 100%. And I think that is one of the key things is the whole comparison thing, not mm -hmm. only when it comes to our hair loss journey or our health or whatever, comparison is the thief of joy, right? As that yes. famous quote says. So acknowledging what is happening, right? With a diagnosis, whatever it is that one is diagnosed with and sit with our feelings and know that mm -hmm. what we're feeling is valid. Yes, do other people may have it worse? Quizás, but that doesn't take away the fact that suffering is suffering, pain is pain, loss is loss, mm. period, you know? So for me, once I got diagnosed, that diagnosis, like it took me a little bit to share with my partners my partners, mira mami, my partner, I love one. I only have one partner, Tobias. I love you. We we it's will be talking me. about polygamy in another season. I'm just kidding. You know what? There are people that are are into that, and that's you know good on them. I'm all about folks. Just yes. your adults consent. Absolutely have, to, but that's not me. Okay, so <laughs> they, like it's not me. <laughs> so what I was saying is, it took me a while to share with my partner and my family because of shame, right? I. I'm so glad that I had that that hair loss community on Instagram that I could turn to, mm. but and just also seeing other women thrive in their hair loss really gave me hope that it could get better for me. So over right. time, I felt comfortable enough to 
to share. And that was really helpful. That was really helpful. And I think that once I did that, it was just the beginning of my hair loss journey healing. Um, you mentioned that, you know, you it did take a while. And it's it's true, you know, like I knew when when I was diagnosed with my chronic illness, it took I was able to tell my dad um, and my brother right away. It took me some time to tell my mother because kind of like when you were talking about like playing things out, like I knew the way that it was going to go. Um, and I and I tried to brace myself for it, no matter how I knew that the outcome was going to be. And it and it still it still felt shitty, right? Because it was it was a dismissal pretty much. Um, and I've shared my story in my episode. Walk us through one. What was what was the turning point for you? Was it having all of the support from the, this women's circle that you were like, okay, I'm brave enough, I'm courageous enough, this is the time. And then walk us through, you know, their reaction and then, you know, what what was played out on their end? Yeah. So as far as like my family's reaction, it honestly, it was nothing but love and support. Oh, beautiful. My partner, my mom, my abuela. Hell, when I told my abuela about it, she's like, I mija, ponte una peluca y ya. You know, like just wear a wig and whatever. <laughs> yeah. Which I appreciate the sentiment. But for me, even just like sharing that with her, and this was like in the thick of COVID. So it's not like I could really mm -hmm. see them in person. So I had a little, you know, video call with them and they were so supportive and so loving. And I'm so grateful to have that because um love and support is so important in this journey and so mm -hmm. if you're you know if one of your listeners if you're listening and you don't have the support reach out you know my dms yes. are always open um you know instagram hair loss bonita um but just find your community find your people because that is for me what changed in my you know that was really like a pivotal change in my hair loss community or hair loss journey is knowing that i'm not alone that mm -hmm. i can turn to other women and i've made friends from all over the world from like australia to canada to india like all the places like if you would have asked me you know if you would have told me this is like let's say back in like i don't know like 2013 yeah. that i would go through first of all the whole like sobriety journey um and then that i would lose about like 70 percent of my hair i would say you're crazy but if you and also just saying like you're gonna meet so many amazing women and this these experiences are gonna make you the strongest version of yourself that's filled with mm. self love and acceptance and confidence i would be like eh, you're crazy <laughs> like, that like I don't know what Kool-Aid you're drinking. I might want to be part of that Kool-Aid, but that like cute story, not for me. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But I think one of the biggest takeaways that I would like to share here is community. Mm. We're often told, like in Western, you know, the Western world, like ah, que si me es independiente, que si esto, que si lo otro. Like no, that's baloney. That's all BS. Don't believe it. Mm -hmm. Community is life, and and you know, as being like first gen you know, my family to go to college, the first thing my family to go to college, you know, going through my sobriety journey and all these things, you know, what helped me was community, was turning to my loved ones, was turning to yes. other people who were going through what I was going through because it helped me feel less alone. And having that love and support is what has elevated and was helped propel me in the right path, the path of healing, the path of self-acceptance and the path of unconditional, um, radical self-love. 
Yes. It's, you know what? It's absolutely true. When I, the start, right. When the 20, when 2020 happened, when the pandemic happened, I lost my job like March 4th. Uh, so right before everyone even started, before all of the cities and the states had shut down, and in the unit because I had to travel like six to nine months out of the year for my job, I didn't have a sense of community. So when I lost my job, I one lost my job title, and here in America, you are your job title, and then two, I lost my paycheck. So oh my god, I have the same cup. This is so great. We're gonna have to have hey, a Kevin. side note chat about this cup. Yes. Um, I got it, but <laughs> two, the you know, I lost my I lost my title, I lost my job, meaning I lost a sense of self, mm. and my depression was so bad, and I didn't realize it's because I didn't even grieve the loss of who I was, but I also had no sense of who the f I was because I never put in the time to realize because I was so under the, the hamster wheel. And so it wasn't until I actively started seeking out community, which at that time was all virtual, that I healed at lightning speed. Uh, I wouldn't say that I was like 100%, but all of a sudden, right, I could come out of bed, I can grab a cup of tea, showering, like shit was happening. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like that, That's the kind of shit, right? Like eating um because the like depression hits very differently and so there's just times where i just couldn't even get out of bed didn't want to shower and so i always say that they help they have helped me excel you know not just financially with all the networking connections that you make but mentally physically spiritually and emotionally and once you have that you know on an even keel everything just starts flowing you know like all of you're good enough mentally so you can start taking on projects or start showcasing yourself start talking about your talents and then right like business opportunities arise as an entrepreneur but if it wasn't for community i'd still be stuck um mm. where i was three years ago and so when you say community you know being your, they're literally your biggest ally um yeah. and finding your own community is a journey you know it's a journey some and some folks, and when we say community, and I don't know if you have a different point of view, but for me, when I say community, like I will, like I have a community, but there are certain levels even to my community. So just because I share very, very intimate with one or two members, that doesn't mean that I'm going to share at the same wavelength with others. So it's just, you know, you get to pick how much you want to share, how much you want to be intimate, how much vulnerability and trust there is between those people. Because tampoco is give, 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 and they take, take, Mm -hmm. take. Um, It has to be two-sided. It's a relationship. It's a relationship. No, absolutely. I mean, I I think that it's important for us to always remember that we should be empowered to share or not share Mm -hmm. at any given point in time whether it's to a partner or a community member, lo que sea, um, that we get to decide how much and if we want to share. So, um, cause like you said, vulnerability is not about like just spilling our guts, you know, like there has to be a, a safe uh, container for us to be open. Right. Um, and also knowing that we don't have to share everything. Yes. Right. I think that there should be like some sort of boundary of 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 what is shared and only, you know, right. Only, you know, 
Um, my rule of thumb is, you know, when I'm when I'm sharing, whether it's publicly or, you know, with someone else in the community is, and I, I heard this on a Clubhouse um, conversation. This was like <laughs> in 2020 when Clubhouse was a thing. And that is that when we share, a way to know what to share is making sure that you share from a place of your scar, not of your wound, right? To make sure that whatever it is that you're sharing, that you sort of work through it. Ideally, I would say with a therapist, I mean, I'm a huge advocate for, for therapy, um, but just making sure that, you know, when you share, it's not so much for like validation or for mm-hmm. people to give you like solutions or lo que sea advice. Like, no, you're sharing because you're, you're simply sharing. This is mm-hmm. where you are. Or I started here and this is where I'm at now. And your journey, your story doesn't have to have like a perfectly tied bow at the end. You know what of I mean? Course, it will yeah. be in the, in the, in, in the works. So, um, but yeah, I think it's important for us to just understand these things and just knowing that we can't, we're not meant to live life alone. We're not yeah. to navigate anything alone. So turn to your people and it could start with just connecting with one person. Yeah. It doesn't have to be here on social media telling everybody and their mamas, you know, your business or whatever. Yeah. Just send a DM, reach out to a friend and ask that you need support. They may not be the person to help you, but they might know someone that can. That's and that's big, you know, that's big within community is tapping into, you know, other people's network, because like you were saying, they might not have the answers and they might not have the resources and tools, but someone else from their community might. So thank you so much for that. Bit. Um, I want to talk about because we love talking about reframing here at making me that moves. And so I want to talk about maybe a time where you thought you were, quote unquote, failing, a.k.a. a hiccup. Um, during your journey after finding out that you did have alopecia. So, you know, whether that, and, and, and as an entrepreneur, right, whether it's missing a deadline, canceling on friends, um, canceling on planning, even family plans, et cetera, how were you able to move forward from, or how were you able to reframe that, you know, from saying no or putting boundaries? And it's funny because we were just talking about this offline, how I can feel myself being burnt out because I'm saying this is being recorded during December uh, 2023. Like we're in the peak of holiday season, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it's like 12 days of Christmas at this point. <laughs> um, so so we're getting there. We're getting down to the countdown and I can just feel myself burning out. And I was talking to you about how I kind of, I, I definitely took on too much, um, even on a personal level, right? Like saying mm-hmm. yes to certain parties or certain gatherings that I would go to. And now I'm like, Nana, I want to say no. How do I say no? Exactly Um, like that. (laughs) Like, according to capitalism, Christmas is the time to gather. This is the time for love. And I'm just like, I'm loved out. I, (laughs) um, so if you want to talk to us about one time where you just, you know, you, you couldn't do it. You saw it at that time as a failure, but you're realizing, you know what, I'm going to reframe this to a win and I'm going to go ahead and make it work for me. Yeah, no, I, I yes to everything that you said. I feel like sometimes we overcommit ourselves, but um, I think 
adding part, you know, on our calendars, like this is me time. So that you don't overbook yourself. Cause I'm like you, I'm like, I cannot do too many things porque mm -hmm. I get overwhelmed easily. Yeah. So suerte, suerte say no. I think you can do it. <laughs> I believe in you. <laughs> I'll keep you posted. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Um, so as far as for me, reframing failures to wins, like you said, uh, I can remember a time like early, well, not even so much like early, but in my hair loss journey, my alopecia journey, I um, faced a significant challenge related to uh, my career in acting and modeling. So mm -hmm. I found myself saying no to opportunities, um, especially those that required like a close up of my okay. face. Um, so my fear was that um, people would notice that I was wearing a topper or a wig like what I was wearing um, that I took off recently. So I felt just like a deep sense of shame, to be honest with you, mm -hmm. about just using alternative hair, helper hair, um, which held me back from embracing these opportunities fully, sadly. Um, but I think that, you know, the more I thought about it, my perspective shifted dramatically. So I just began to realize that alternative hair is quite common in the acting and modeling world, right? Um, in fact, many celebrities uh, use wigs and hair pieces, not just- Well, I was roles. about to say, yeah. so, so for those of you who don't know this, like, it is my escapism. <laughs> Um, and so I watch Real Housewives and these Real Housewives, like they are out here with the extensions, with the alternative hair. Like they take glam squads with them when they go on weekend trips just to put on like the full alternative hair look. Um, yeah. So yeah, like it's so crazy how, how you felt this type of way and then realizing everyone's doing it. Um, but no, again, it goes back to the no one talks about it. Right. And I think so. Or, but like, too, if you do it, it's bad. But if you want, like, once you become up there, it's accepted. Almost. See, and then also just add the hair loss piece, right? I think it's yeah. a there's a difference if, you know, for example, you are wearing alternative hair for fun versus wearing it because you have hair mm -hmm. loss, right? So I think that's a caveat to keep in mind. But, you know, for me, understanding that celebrities are wearing it, you know, it's acceptable and it's even normal for them. So then why shouldn't I give myself the same permission to have fun with alternative hair? So yeah. it took a while. It took a while for all of that to, to click in. But when it did, it really felt um, liberating. It allowed me to embrace, obviously, my wigs and toppers, not just like, you know, really, it's, it's a source of like exciting and creative part of my profession. So mm -hmm. now I'm just slowly but surely, right, just getting even more comfortable about that now. I used to um, wear toppers here. I'll show you. I don't know if you know what a topper is, but no, I like please. to call it. Mira, this is a topper, which you just like kind of clip on top. Okay. See. And so this could be... Um, an option for someone who has hair on top. So you just kind of clip it on and mira, right? It just blends okay. with your natural hair, which is yeah. super cool. So now I just, you know, I'm, I'm switching things up. I'm using the toppers sometimes and maybe for other auditions, I wear a wig. So I think the key here is perspective. Like you said, the reframe is so important and just being so kind and giving ourselves grace 
Mm -hmm. because it's it's a process, right? We're healing. There's a loss after all. And so what happens when we experience a loss is that we have to grieve. We have to be kind to ourselves and know that, or at least have hope that it, it's going to get better. And for me, it definitely has. I think that the journey of acceptance has definitely been a win for me, both personally mm -hmm. and professionally. And now with my acting career, acting and modeling career to just fully be uh, in acceptance, right, mm -hmm. has been so freeing. I love that. Um, I love it. And thank you for walking us through that. Like, I had no idea what a topper was. Yeah. I literally just found out right now. It has some clips. You see, you can click. And it has clips. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. See, so the top, this part goes, yep, got it. Esto va para el frente, mira. You see, and yeah. it looks like the top of it. It depends. They have different kinds, but this one um, is a silk top. So it looks like a real scalp. Isn't that crazy? It does. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. And so celebrities are wearing this. I'm like, if they're having fun, let me have fun too. I love, yeah. I love that. that yeah. <laughs> like, I love, you know, I love the fact that you said that, like giving myself permission, because I think yes. that we don't give ourselves a lot of permission to do certain things in our lifetime, right? Whether that's through generational trauma, personal experiences, personal diagnoses that we've been, and, yeah. and journeys that we've been put through and the challenges that we've been put through. And so being able to, for you to, one, give yourself permission, but also have fun with it. I think that's another thing too, that we miss out a lot, especially, especially when you're going through these challenges and these difficult times and these hard times. And then being a grown up um, and in society, right? Like you have to do grown up things, yeah. whatever that means for that. Um, but like you forget to have fun. And so the fact that you're like, no, 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 uh, we're going to go ahead and have fun. Vamos a gozar, vamos a divertirnos. Uh, and yeah. I have, now I have the space safe enough to do this. And now I have the courage and the bravery to be out here. And not only talk about it, but show show us who who don't have alopecia, right? Yeah. To be more understanding and to be able to like I'm learning so much from this episode. I'm like, yo, like I'm 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 ready. I'm like ready to converse with someone because now I know how to navigate these these Thank waters better you. than what I did even before half hour ago. So I that makes me so happy, amiga. And I think that you know, for your listeners who are not experiencing hair loss, just know that. We're not, when you're talking to someone with alopecia, please don't ask them if they have tried XYZ you know, uh, remedy or lo mm -hmm. que sea. Just hold space. I mean, yeah. think about it. You don't think that, uh, like, I have not searched the, the internet left and right trying to find a solution or do everything to grow my hair, right? Like, we don't fully understand the reason why people are experiencing hair loss. So mm -hmm. just be... Just, just let them know, you know what, I see you, I hear you, I love you. How can I support you? You know I what? I can't imagine funny. how this journey is like, how can I support you? Because, you know, someone with hair loss, like, I can't expect you, let's say, Jomana, to understand what I'm going through and, and understand how, you know, you can show up for me as a friend, right? Right. So just being clear on both ends, just having a conversation. Hi, how can I support you? I can't pretend to know what you're feeling or what you're dealing with, but what would be helpful? I think that's a beautiful that's a that's that's beautiful knowledge and great gems. I was actually talking about that with my therapist because um, I have a friend who's going through like a really difficult time, and one of one of our mutual friends, right, like came in with the whole 
like it's gonna be great, it's gonna be fine, blah blah. blah. And I, like I think in in human nature, it's almost like you don't want to think about the bad, you don't want to think about the challenging. So I'm just gonna try to prep you up as, as much as I can mm-hmm. and, and have you glass half full instead of glass half empty. But that's not what people want to hear half the time. Like yeah, hear your shit, you know. And so yeah. when I saw my friend, I was like, listen, what you're going through sucks. You don't deserve it, and I love you. And that's all that's I said. Good. And that's, that's all good. I said because it's not my like it's not my place. Like I know that that it's going to be a rough road for them. And so who am I to be like class half full kind of shit? Mm-hmm. Like, no, bro. Yeah. Like, it. I love you. I love you. And then, yeah. And that was it. And that was it. Because that like people want to be acknowledged. Again, we talked about this earlier. Of like it's okay for you for you both to be like this shit sucks. Let's cry mm-hmm. it out and. And whenever you're ready to talk or let me know how I can support, like, that'd be great. So speaking of support, um, are there any resources and tools that our listeners and or their allies can um, follow and or see or read that have helped you throughout your journey? Yeah, um, there's... To be honest with you, um, for me, there hasn't been a lot of um, like resources specifically for like Latinas and women of color. I found just sort of like general information. And that's why, you know, with Her Las Bonita, I it is my mission to create these types of resources so that um, not only women, but also their allies, their loved ones can use to just help support them in this um, crazy of a, of a journey. But some of the websites that were really helpful for me is um, the American Academy of Dermo- Dermatology. And first of all, of course, see my dermatologist. And um, I know that's something in the beginning that you mentioned that we're not medical professionals. We're not giving advice. I'm simply sharing my experience. So knowledge is power. So making sure that you see a medical professional, um, whether it's a dermatologist, a counselor, or someone that can help you in your hair loss journey, and um, creating that source of support, that that um, committee, right? Of, of of whether again it's a dermatologist, your therapist, your loved ones, the hair loss community, find your people um, that will support you. Um, the other one was, um, I don't have alopecia areata per se, but that is another um, source of, of, of support that, and resources that I found helpful in my journey. They um, share information on just how to cope with hair loss and things like that. Um, some podcasts that I really like are um, Alopecia's Audacity. I just love the title. That's actually by um, some Canadian fabulous ladies. One of my dear uh, close friend, Crystal Malcolm, and her two friends, Sarah and Lauren. Um, they have a podcast where they have different hosts. They discuss hair loss, different types of hair loss. If they went on, you know, the the the, the people that share if they did a treatment or how do they navigate the hair loss journey and their just personal experiences. Another really good one is Women's Hair Loss Project. is hosted by Y. Um, is so insightful. So Y has been living with hair loss for over. 20 years. So she is very transparent about what that journey is like. So she does not hold back. <laughs> um, other resources, of course, I'm going to share with you Hair Loss Bonita, chicas. <laughs> 
So I offer um, coaching. There's um, female hair loss empowerment coaching. I do one-on-one. I'm in the works of creating a group coaching program. Um, Also hold workshops um, for uh, women dealing with hair loss that um, discusses like self-care, confidence building, like how to be a chingona with hair loss, you know, practical advice on just managing alopecia. So, um, and there are a couple of other things that I'm, I'm working on. So stay tuned. Um, for that, I would say, you know, make sure that you visit my website, hairlossbonita.com. I'm very active on Instagram. So at hairlossbonita. So it's really easy to follow me. Um, but if you want to make sure that you are up to date with everything that I'm working on, I encourage you to sign up for my newsletter. Trust and believe I will not spam you. Um, so, um, one more thing is just online forums and just social media in general. Um, platforms like Instagram, Reddit, TikTok, right? If you put in hashtag female hair loss, you're going to come across a lot of different resources. Um, but just find those that I would say that are that are going to like feed positivity into your life. And I'm not saying that because I'm totally against that toxic positivity, but I find that sometimes in the hair loss community, there could be a lot of negativity. Like I've been on Facebook pages where women are just taking pictures of like clumps of hair and that to me is not really productive. You know what I mean? So um, finding support and and, and um, outlets that will share, okay, well, how, what is a productive way of navigating with hair loss? And jo- just knowing that in the end, everyone's journey is different, right? So figuring out what is the best way for you to navigate hair loss is key. Like, what do you need in terms of, um, you know, your like physical and and emotional health, your people, right? Your community. um, How are you going to navigate your hair loss? Are you going to undergo treatment? And that's if, do you qualify for that, right? Or are you going to turn to alternative hair? There's so many things, um, that you can do. But again, first and foremost, making sure that you consult with a healthcare professional for personal, um, personalized advice and treatment options is definitely key. Yo, Mari, we have come to the end. Um, we have come to the conclusion of your episode. You have dropped so many gems. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Can't wait. Well, I follow you already, so I can't wait to see all of your projects come into fruition for 2024. For all of us that have joined, thank you so much for joining in and tuning in on the on the bonus episode. Shout out to Moxie, which is the co-working space that I am here out of in Chicago. Um, they gave me this awesome place to shoot, so I appreciate it. Yomari, obviously you and I are connected, but we only live like an hour and a half away from each other, so I'm putting that shit into fruition too for 2024. Everyone, thank you again so much for listening. Um, please subscribe to Make, uh, Making Me Their Moves at YouTube. Um, we will be coming out with season four. Not quite sure, but I know that it will be based out of technology. So for everyone listening, have a great, great closing um, of this year and can't wait for New Year and all of the blessings and fortune that I bring. Bye, everyone.